Okay, welcome to Duncan McNair to All About Animals Radio. We're going to be talking about Asian elephants today, particularly that species, because they are in peril. And Stay is going to try and save as many of these wonderful creatures as possible. And if Duncan, if you could please tell people and explain what it is that your organisation does and how different you are to everybody else. Yes, certainly. Good morning and hello to everyone who's listening. Um, well, I am actually a lawyer by profession, but I founded Stay, Save the Asian Elephants, some eight years ago after a trip to India, where I experienced the most terrible, terrible abuse and torture, really, of the highly endangered, highly sensitive and intelligent Asian elephants and their babies. Um, the terrible background narrative is that um, ever since the explosion of Turkish holidays from the West some 60 years ago, um, Asian elephants have been dragged from the wild into captivity for use in, in tourism, not only from the West, but increasingly from the East and particularly from China, which has de- de- exterminated its tens of millions of elephants. Um, Asian elephants are wild animals. And uh, they are poached, they're, they're, they're illegally taken from the wild across Southeast Asia in the most brutal way. Babies are separated from their mothers. The mothers are usually killed in front of them who try to protect them, as are other um, herd members. And the babies who desperately need their mothers are taken away, isolated, itself a disaster, uh, dehydrated and starved, kept awake by loud noise, and then placed in a so-called crushing cage and beaten and stabbed to break their spirits for easy use in tourism. This is normal. It's the invariable rite of passage of an Asian elephant that finds itself eventually in tourism. And so this awful stabbing and beating, often setting on fire, eyes pulled out, broke legs smashed with iron bars, is normal. It's not exceptional. And I was astonished and horrified and found that it was so prevalent. And I came back to England, spoke to many charities, felt they weren't really doing quite enough above all to raise public awareness and secondly, to link it to really good, credible policies. I founded Stay. I got a huge amount of support from people of high eminence and, and everyone else. And ever since then, our purpose has been to preserve to help to preserve and protect this ever-dwindling species from brutality, particularly in tourism. So that, that's really the stall that we've set out. And we've worked really hard every day um, for the last eight years. And we do believe in different ways we've made real progress. We believe so. But it's a big, big fight. And your organisation has, I see, you on the top nine of charities doing this kind of thing and it is because isn't it because you don't have fancy offices you don't take salaries every single donation penny or pound or dollar or euro goes to actual you know groundwork boots on the ground trying to help these animals and what you do that's so different everybody wants to see change and everybody signs petitions and you have gotten a ginormous petition I think over a million signatures mm-hmm. but everybody says why can't laws be changed and that is what you do, isn't it? You are actually talking to high-level politicians and trying to do it. 
And later on, we will talk about why the public, as well as a million signatures, if that could be a million letters to MPs, you know, that would really, for no cost to anybody, maybe push this home. Yeah, well, yes, and thank you for that. I mean, we we are proud of the impact that we think Stay has had through dint of hard work and very little money. Um, everyone in Stay has another job. We think that's enormously helpful to bring so much forward to our understanding of how things happen. Um, I mean, I'm a lawyer. There are many, many lawyers on the team, but there are also many others, conservationists, biologists, graphic designers, PR people, and everyone who can help and everyone who's burning ambition is to help the poor and brutalised Asian elephants. We think that gives us a real edge. But we're not there to make a career. We're there purely for the love of the elephants and our deep concern for their plight. And we uh, we don't spend any money on salaries. We have none. Uh, we spend nothing on expensive offices uh, or on car parks or pension funds or first-class travel. We have none of that. We don't need it. We do need money. We are desperate for money to help our machine keep going. But, but virtually... All the money goes to our front line. And we think that's important because in these days of, 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 uh, of limited, uh, you know, of difficult cost of living and, and, and depleted resources for everyone, uh, they want to know that what they donate will make a difference. Um, and it will, because if, if you manage to get this legislation changed, it would actually trickle down to so many things and actually help other charities because this elephant crushing I think many of us have seen it I've seen it um, zoos have done it as well and this is the problem people go out they want to help conservation and you have to be able to kind of trust who you're giving your money to but trust also who you're buying a ticket from yeah. and this is almost false advertising that you know, when the laws aren't right, and it's just a law, it's not going to cost anybody anything. To So people need to be able to trust the fact that when they buy a ticket, when they go and see an animal or give some money, that it is not fueling the wildlife crisis. Um, and yeah. what we need to know about Asian elephants, and something that you taught me recently, was they are a keystone species. And when we look at the numbers, I think you said there was 40,000 left on Earth of which, and this is a staggering, awful statistic, 40% are in zoos or in places where they are out of natural selection, natural breeding, and that drastically reduces the gene pool. Yeah. And that's another thing that you're trying to change, isn't it? It is. Well, that, that's all absolutely true. And, and perhaps what you mentioned at the beginning of that legislation, and perhaps we'll come on to discuss that, because that is a critical feature of what STAY does. Um, and, and to set the scene, um, STAY has identified uh, some um, 1,200 UK-based tour and travel companies who are presently advertising absolutely brutal venues across Southeast Asia where elephants and their babies are beaten up, tortured and stabbed to break their spirits. It's called Pajan. It's a Hindu. I've seen it. It's brutal. Yes. That's been invented fairly recently, but but there's nothing traditional or religious about it at all. It's This is all about money. Um, and, and where elephants are beaten up to be used for easy use in tourism, where they're forced in, uh, by fear of uh, further violence into doing tricks, football, 
darts, riding, um, and, and all these activities they would never do naturally or permit to be done to them naturally. And so this is a terrible uh, scenario, and it is fueled by the travel industry and by the lack of any proper regulation. Now, in the UK, we have a hugely disproportionate influence on that market. There is a huge generation of that market. As I've said, we, we stay, or so far discovered, just under 1,200 UK-based tour companies who are peddling and profiting from this awful brutality at at least 300 different venues across Southeast Asia. Now, that's what we've discovered so far, many more. Now, these companies are making huge money, and I will name names if I'm permitted to, but otherwise I will just refer in general terms to them, the sorts of money these people are making out of, uh, including out of this sort of brutality. Now, the problem is that, the, yes, the uh, travel industry has representative bodies, and we've tried very hard to engage with them. But their purpose is not to worry about elephants and their well-being, let alone about customers uh, and clients who go to India and, and, and Asia and are, and are attacked and often killed by brutalised elephants. Um, but their concern is the financial bottom line of their members who pay them a yearly subscription to look after their financial interests. So we must be very clear-eyed about this. These companies, I'm afraid, like APTA, the Association of British Travel Agents, who we have sweated blood to try to get to change. And really, it's not a big change. I mean, the tourism industry is destroying the efforts of the COP conferences, of biodiversity conferences, you know, by selling all these tickets that yeah. are... You know, destroying the last 3% of wildlife on Earth. And I don't think a tourist really wants to do that. It's almost false advertising selling these tickets. Mm. And really, they've got the tourism industry, if it wants to survive on this planet, bearing in mind the climate and everything else, because these animals aren't going to survive a heated planet, they've got to go green. They've got to be sustainable tourism um, advocates and it would cost them nothing to change their ways to sell a ticket to some sustainable local trying to do well for their local local economy as opposed to selling a ticket that someone is making a silly amount of money from causing cruelty it actually takes no money at the tourism industry UK people can completely support their local anything it's just knowing and being fair to people when they're buying that ticket, isn't well, it? That's right. Let me just chip in because the purpose of stay is not to end elephant tourism. It yeah. is to end unethical elephant tourism. We have been very assiduous in keeping records of proper, genuine sanctuaries where elephants can express natural behaviour in a herd and be seen by paying customers, tourists, from a safe and respectful distance. There are places like that. We name many of them and we applaud them. Uh, yeah. We're not trying to stop them. We're trying to enhance and, and promote them. Uh, what we're trying to stop is this brutal, brutal uh, uh, practices at venues who care nothing for the elephants and are happy to see them beaten up and stabbed and all the rest of it for use in tourism. I've just come back... From a trip to Thailand, a very harrowing and horrible trip, where we saw extreme brutality at various venues, enormous money being made, and quite 
unnecessary unnecessary brutality when they have all the facilities and the money to turn those into genuine sanctuaries where elephants are seen from a distance or for example from above in a raised skywalk a walkway uh, where they can be seen from 50 feet above and without being disturbed without posing a threat and often a deadly threat by provoked elephants to, to tourists and where all is well and where the operators make money we have no objection to that we acknowledge that elephants uh, are going to have to earn their keep as it were as a yes. expression um, and so the the idea peddled by the travel industry that stay is out for blood somehow to, to kill them off is utterly untrue there is not a shredded support for that um, you, you mentioned elephants as the keystone species yes I mean, they are the super keystone species this is why Prince William said we destroy them at our own grave peril. Why is that? Because they are, of course, the largest land mammal in the world, and they have a unique role in nature in balancing the planet's natural ecosystem. They are a keystone species in that they provide a balance for the vital, in the, the provision of vital ecosystem services. They preserve by their natural uh, activities and nourish the forests across all of Asia, upon which all of us depend, not just those thousands and probably millions of species, in fact, that live in the forests, but humankind as well that depends upon clean air and the combating of our, uh, our carbon footprint. Um, and and this, is, this is a free natural resource, isn't it? If Absolutely. we've got elephants covering about 15 kilometres a day, yeah, um, that is absolutely doing an amazing job that people on hand you know on foot on hand they just can't do it it's what the uh, elephants eat it's well, what elephants eat. Elephants, uh, elephants are extraordinary and wondrous creatures and I, yeah. I i read about them every day for eight years but i learned so much more all the time but, but elephants yes they, they traverse enormous distances sometimes even up to 60 or 80 kilometers a day wow. in, in search of other herds to cross-breed to maintain genetic strength to resist disease also of course for new foodstuffs and places to feed and they uh, they funny enough they eat enormous amounts but they don't digest about about 60 percent of it they don't digest so in their droppings are all the seeds of many many different plants and, and grasses I and mean, all the huge stuff they eat in the wild that they disperse over great distances to replenish the forests they also destroy old trees to allow new growth to come through to hit the canopy uh, to to nourish the forests in that way and in many, many other ways they are incredibly important not just for themselves but for all those species that live in and rely upon the forests and that indirectly do like humans they are absolutely crucial and what is happening is that elephants in natural territory is being destroyed by man's um, ever relentless agriculture and also reckless development across places like india where, where i'm afraid corruption reigns absolutely no proper planning um, the ancient migratory corridors of, of the elephants, often used for up to 30,000 years, are being blocked and destroyed, preventing uh, the elephants from, uh, from wandering. Uh, and the, the collective effect of this, plus the endless plunder, the endless plunder of elephants, and especially their babies from the wild for tourism, generated largely in the West, largely in the UK, is having a devastating effect. That's why if we look, stand back and look at a few numbers. Um, around the turn of 1900, the 18th to 19th to 20th centuries, 
there were millions of Asian elephants, no millions. Now, as you've said, there are barely 40,000, of which about um, only about 60% are in the wild anymore. 40% are in brutal non-breeding, uh, generally non-breeding captivity. They only breed in, 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 in captivity generally if the, the male is forced to rape the female. And they don't live very long either, do they, the babies? No. Generally, they don't no, do well. The lifespan of, of Asian elephants in captivity is typically barely half that in the wild. And I can tell you the difference if you look at an mm. elephant in the wild compared to one that's been in captivity for any time is, 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 is. Oh, I've seen them. They've got foot problems. They sway in distress. They are miserable shells of, their, of who they should be. Mm. Um, there's not a shred of a natural life. And that's the thing as well. By If, we can, if you can get this law through, that actually helps the lonely elephants that should be in a sanctuary. It's not about closing down zoos either. It's no. about no. just there are some species that if we can put them into sanctuaries, good ones, as you say, it is a complete win-win. It's a win for the elephant and it's a win for nature. Actually, yeah. it's another win. It's a win for the climate. Yeah, yeah. So so I'd like to just to, to talk briefly about this legislation. So. My, my, my organisation, uh, Save the Asian Elephants, has been in discussion, firstly, with the travel industry. Very difficult to make any progress at all with the individual members, some very few exceptions, and certainly no progress with ABTA at all. And that's important because, extraordinarily, government has been looking to the likes of ABTA uh, for guidance, and yet their interests are only commercial, I'm afraid to say. And if they want to come on your programme to explain their position, they should and they must, but they have not been helpful, quite the contrary. Our law is this, it's to ban in the UK the advertising of venues abroad where Asian elephants and their babies are brutalised for use in tourism. That's it in a sentence. I was asked by Lord Goldsmith, Zach Goldsmith, three years ago to prepare a draft bill for Parliament. We did so, we presented it to him, the Asian Elephants Tourism Bill. Now, at latterly in Johnson's administration, we've, I've led about 25 meetings with Number 10 and its officials and with DEFRA, our environment ministry, at a senior level. We have had abundant, endless promises that this law is going to come to pass. It was promised in the Conservatives' action plan for animal welfare last year, uh, and it was promised on many other occasions. And it was only six months ago, in the dying days of the Johnson administration, that it was all dumped at the last minute and did not appear in Her Majesty the Queen's last Queen's speech. We were shocked that it and other animal legislation had been so un unceremoniously jettisoned at the last minute. And it's a tragedy. And why did it happen? It happened, sadly, because a very small number of people with high influence close to the Prime Minister got him in a corner at a time when he was vulnerable and told him, this is a very un-Tory thing to do, this sort of helping of animals. It's not, in, it's not on, our, uh, on our list of, of anything of interest. And anyway, according to Jacob Rees-Mogg, who was crucially involved in this, together with Mark Spencer, another Conservative MP of influence, um, it was, it, 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 whether or not people go to see elephants that have been brutalised, beaten up, nearly killed, uh, for in tourism is less important than freedom of consumer choice. 
That was their argument. I asked them to come forward and explain that publicly. Let's have a debate in the Oxford Union or in your constituency or anywhere else you like. They both said, we're too busy. We're not interested. Now, extraordinarily, Mark Spencer is now an environment minister in Mr Sunak's government. Pause so so a lot of us need to be writing and saying, do you know what, over, I think probably something like 85% of the UK population would like to see animal legislation because it's not taking a penny out of anybody's pockets. It's a democratic government, you know, voting system supposed to be. Why is it that helping animals when it costs absolutely nothing is such a hardship? You know, we do need an answer from politicians for this because, you know, it's an act of kindness. It's nothing more. and it would go so long away to helping the climate issues, which they've got a staggering huge mountain of things to get through. So if someone can do this, and I always think, why don't they ask charities for more help? Because it's free help and the expertise is already there. And it actually costs everybody nothing. So yes, it's about time the politicians did say, what is it about animals that you just, you can't bring yourself to do something decent for this is a fair question many suppose that there are commercial interests at play and certainly ABTA and the travel industry proclaim very publicly their effectiveness in parliamentary lobbying uh, to get what their members want Um, and and indeed the travel industry is powerful and it's got enormous reserves uh, of resource to deploy on lobbying to get what it wants and so on and and the way they've dealt with I'm afraid us and other groups is 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 really appalling Um, and certainly um, it's an extraordinary inversion of democracy that virtually no one has the whip hand over virtually everyone else and stays polls show that between 85 and in fact now getting to 95 percent of the British public strongly support today's new law to ban the advertising of brutal overseas venues where elephants are beaten up and nearly killed for tourism profits. How is it that this extraordinary state of affairs has come about where even when government has backed proposed legislation it's all dumped on its head by uh, the intervention of two or three people at the last minute um, there, are, there is plenty that can be done. And uh, here's, here's the next thing. Um, <clears throat> there is indeed a private members bill due for a second reading in the House of Commons. If everyone could note this, on the 3rd of February 2023, that's only six or eight weeks away now. So it's very close at hand. Um, and yet, it, and, and the, the, the MP who is going to sponsor this bill, Angela Richardson, the MP for Guildford, is now a very junior minister. She's been promoted. So she cannot any longer promote that bill. We are trying very hard to find a a member of parliament who will do so. And it is a bill, we haven't seen it yet, it doesn't exist, but it's short and long titles are virtually an identical uh, reference to what we we say presented to government at their request some years ago. Uh, and uh, we uh, and the narrative about it on Angela Richardson's website is identical to what we have been proclaiming. Now she can't run it anymore. We're worried what will happen if it doesn't have a sponsor. So we want everyone uh, to write to their MPs to tell them about this uh, bill, uh, to tell them to support it on the third of February, twenty twenty-three. Now. 
It's only fifth in the order paper for that date, so it may not get a hearing unless government supports it being a private member's bill. But it still has the opportunity to return some months following. And it's very important because whilst private members' bills rarely, but very rarely become law, they are a rallying point. They are a standard that is planted in the ground for everyone to gather around to support something within the heart of Parliament that we can all support and should. State will be doing various things before then. We will be presenting our petition that will be nearly 1.2 million signatures, the biggest in world history. That is staggering. That is a huge amount. Yeah, uh, to to, to, to 10 Downing Street before then. Uh, We We will also be um, sending a letter that's been supported so far by about 60 parliamentarians to the Prime Minister to say, Oi, you should start getting behind this now. Your own previous government, of which you remember, was a huge supporter of what Stay and millions of others are trying to do. Please support it. Uh, And there will be other things as well. We're delighted that the Daily Express newspaper is now running a campaign uh, in support of this. And we want people to support that as well. And above all, we want people to write in the form of a draft letter, if they wish, that they'll see on Stay's website, which is stae.org. You'll see standard letters to your MP. Uh, to the uh, Environment Minister and to the Prime Minister. So that is a really easy thing to do, isn't it? I mean, I've signed loads of them. You just do two clicks and the letters just ping off. You put your postcode in and it's done. And even half a million, but there's so many people that sign petitions every day and everything else, But and you kind of wonder where that all goes to. Yeah. But this can actually make a difference. And, you know, while we're all sort of wrapped up in the cold, you know, stuck at home, you know, if we can press a couple of buttons, take a minute, it could make an awful big difference. Absolutely. And, and support Stay, please, in any way you can. We are there only for the elephants. We believe this is a real starting point. Um, we, we don't say that this law is only good for the UK. It's good for everywhere. When I've spoken in the European Parliament, they've been hugely supportive. Um, I'm due to speak in America and, and we're opening up there. They are so far very, very supportive, as is Australasia, as even are the countries that are involved in abusing these elephants, uh, because they're full of people who care for elephants, who recognise they are unique and that they are in desperate peril, especially the Asian elephant, whose numbers now are barely 5% those of African elephants. I think I think these days as well, we're at where activists have got together in a sensible level around the world. I mean, you know, I talked to people in Canada, Miami yesterday, all over the place, and we all know about the certain places that literally are ruining things for everybody else. And if we can all come together, and I've noticed as well, I will just bring in um, the elephants of Nongnooch, if I can say that properly. You know, that was one place that I saw... Um, you know, it's a hard watch, but it's. I do encourage people to, you know, it really does bring it home why this is so important, um, you know, and people maybe can't even think, how can you brutalise an elephant? They're huge, won't they just squash you? Yeah. But it, you've got, it's one of those things, you, and sadly, you've got to kind of see it to believe it. I mean, and that is a microcosm of everything that is wrong with the current situation. And indeed, I uh, stay recently interviewed a woman who some years ago 
um, who was sitting with her sister at the front of a rodeo ring uh, with her sister and father uh, watching an elephant show at Nong Beach, which is a huge uh, tourist resort with elephants and tigers in Thailand. And the elephants were being stabbed all the time, lots of babies being stabbed and, and abused to do tricks of all sorts. And one of the elephants was stabbed right beside them and it rushed at them and shoved its tusk three or four times through her sister's chest and killed her uh, if she died several hours later in uh, her sister's arms. Now, roll forward, that was some 20 years ago. We spoke to someone else who five years ago witnessed all the horrors. I myself have now seen them two weeks ago at Nong Nooch. Nong Nooch, under a completely unregulated market, sends huge numbers of tourists, including many British tourists, one at least of whom has been killed, we think there are others, to this venue and make money out of brutality to elephants and desperate danger to humans, with no regulation at all, nothing. And this government here has done nothing, nothing, uh, and shows all signs of doing nothing. We hope for better things from any future government, but we must deal with what we have at the moment. Now, it, with our law, that place would not be allowed to be advertised until it cleaned up totally. And it's got fast arrays of money. It's an, a huge place. It's turning over tens, if not hundreds of millions of pounds a year, brutalising elephants. We saw, um, I think we saw 24 little baby elephants being beaten to go around the stage of the, the rodeo, uh, dancing around, standing on their heads throwing darts, you name it. We videoed the whole thing. It's a tragedy. And the terrible thing is non-nooch is awful, not because it's unique, but because it's typical. And if we want to see, it's so awful to think these may be the last elephants uh, that anyone will see. And after millions of years of this ancient species, this is the last of the elephants that we will ever see. And to be degraded in such a way. And when you say stab, I just say to people, this is a bull hook. This is literally um, a sharp implement with a hook and they don't hold back in how they use them. I mean, you can see the scars on these elephants and, it, you know, it really is brutal. You know, it has to be to stop a big elephant. But in the end, they get driven mad and they don't care and they just will go for people. And, you know, there's been plenty of caretakers, you know, squashed by elephants. And yeah. We've got, we, it's, it's we've got, it's violent. Everyone, we've got data, very strong data, it's un, un, unchallenged, of some 750 people who have been killed by attacks by brutalised elephants provoked beyond their endurance in captivity, in tourism. And a thousand who have suffered, in addition, who have suffered catastrophic injuries like crushed chests, crushed heads uh, and, and the rest of it. And the travel industry rolls on regardless. And, and I'm afraid to say what Stay is now trying to deal with is the legacy of decades of concealment and abuse. Because uh, you might see happy pictures of elephants rolling across beautiful tundra with a few people on its back. It's not like that. These are I... elephants that have been brutalised. They often drop dead through exhaustion, toiling up steep hills in the burning sun with no access to water or food or shade. Um, and where, as you say, their feet are often burned by having to walk hours daily when ill and injured on tarmac, boiling tarmac in India's burning sun and so on. And, and, and also covered in wounds, stabs, 
broken, an elephant's forced to work till their dying day and in festivals and temples as well as... Oh, it's absolutely brutal. And people don't realise that concrete is horrendous for elephants' feet. It causes all kinds of pain. And really, you know, it's no different from seeing a dog beaten on the street. You know, if you, you, you wouldn't be happy seeing it. So if you can see an animal in a place where it's not supposed to be, you know, the alarm bells have got to ring. And I'm a little bit surprised at the um, holiday insurance people as well, because they're selling insurance to people to go off to all these places. And, you know, you always got to tick a box. Are you going to ski? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that dangerous sport? Yeah. But actually, um, you know, they've got to cover the people going to these places that are unregulated. You know, it's a whole can of worms, isn't it? Well, I'm very surprised that people can any longer get insurance to protect themselves against injury from elephants, given that it's now increasingly well known that these places are often extremely dangerous. Elephants are wild animals. Indeed, under the the UK Secretary of State's Modern Zoo Practices Protocol, which lists all animals in zoos, at the very top, the most dangerous animals categorised are lions, tigers, crocodiles and elephants. Now, would you, a tour company, send someone off uh, to to, uh, a a resort in, in Africa to stroke lions and to cuddle them, uh, or to uh, stroke a, a crocodile or an alligator, for example, in the way that they do uh, across Asia with Asian elephants. <clears throat> elephants are extremely dangerous. They're only suppressed by the fear of more brutality from attacking. They're not, uh, they, they, and they do flare up. And we have, that's why we have hundreds, a list of hundreds of people killed by brutalized elephants. And yet the tour company are cheerfully sending them off under a pack of misrepresentations. And uh, I, as a litigation lawyer, know the great peril they're running their businesses in, in this way, and, and without regard to the safety and well-being of their paying customers. Exactly. And there's people with their families going. And, you know, I wouldn't want to risk my children doing something like that. Um, you know, I'd much rather pay and see a really good sanctuary and support, you know, good, sustainable climate tourism industry that you know it yeah. just keeps a circular economy going and, and everybody benefits in a nice way well um, at, at non-luch you see you see children shoved in elephants mouths just above their tusks they run around uh, the elephants run around with the child in its mouth on concrete and tarmac uh, for, for money uh, and actually we videoed Elephants, uh, huge tusked elephants with tusks about 10 feet long, swinging right in front of the faces of huge numbers of school children, just so the children can put wads of money into the elephant's trunk to pass to the owners. Uh, it's all ruthlessly about money and desperately dangerous. And if anyone wants to challenge us about this, we've raised these matters with hundreds of UK tour companies, many of whom are, most of whom are to members, and we have had very little worthwhile response. Some have <laughs> apologised and some have changed. But and no- it would be lovely, wouldn't it? Because we're not trying to take away their business. We're just trying to have a sit down conversation and say, do you realise, you know, because this wouldn't, if you had a, a poster advertising your business holiday with the image of an elephant being hurt on it, you know, it's not going to sell many tickets. You know, and yet that's the real picture, isn't it, of what you're selling? So perhaps if you could just change and be sustainable and sell, and sell a ticket to a venue that promotes elephant care, 
everybody's happy. Everybody can still make money. Everybody can still go on holiday. Absolutely. And the elephants don't suffer. And it's as simple as that, isn't it? Absolutely. And several have done that. And, and um, it, you, you know, the, the oddity is that they that you, you think, why on earth would anyone want to squander its resources, elephants, by brutalising them into an early death? Why can you not? Um, see, our idea that this law will have the effect of shifting the market from unethical to ethical, from uh, it, it demonstrating to those who operate the elephants and the tour companies who deal with them, that the money is to be had by ethical tourism, by genuine sanctuaries where elephants can be observed at a safe and, 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 and respectful distance, um, observe, uh, conducting natural behavior in herds. And that's far more fascinating than elephants standing on top of each other or throwing darts. Elephants in the wild are a wondrous and moving sight. And it's very sad to think we may be the last generation, but one perhaps, that will ever see that. And we'll be left with a handful of moth-eaten, broken down, brutalized elephants stuck in the corner uh, of a horrible facility somewhere in Southeast Asia, uh, or, or in some temple being whipped and beaten. And um, we've got endless video of all of this. It's a very great tragedy. Um, and and uh, so, so we say support this law, support this law, and, and many countries are watching the fate of this law that say is pioneering because they too will adopt it. We know that just about every country in the world supports uh, the people of those countries, support a new law to ban the UK or the domestic advertising of overseas venues where elephants are brutalised. It would collectively there is enormous power in this to shift the market so that people realise the way forward is green and ethical. It's not brutality and um, smothered in deceit and concealment. No. That's absolutely brilliant. I think we have covered so much here. We have hopefully highlighted and joined a lot of dots about why this species, the particularly the Asians, are in such dire need and just again you know don't sound like a broken record here but one email just to your mp and if you know if you can get a million people to do that then you know a huge shift can actually occur and that's that would be a wondrous thing wouldn't it it would and it's so overdue and it's now desperately pressing it, it really is and people have the power to change anything in a function democracy it doesn't look like it at the moment with two or three people as it were holding the whip hand over 99 percent 95 percent whatever it is of britons but things can be done and moved and and we know the opposition parties are gathering to support and indeed many conservative mps likewise who are appalled at the at the promises being broken so, oh, so if, if any political party wanted to take on the animal business as um a vote winner i mean i'm sure they would because everybody's fed up with the most simple obvious solutions not being done and it, again it would cost them nothing you know why not stand up you know go don't do what you know the current government do to say okay this is this makes absolute sense let's get it done it's a vote winner absolutely absolutely we we hope for the best and we keep pushing and we hope people will support us write these letters please join stay or approach us um save the asian elephants at stae.org if you have skill sets you can help us with please please do uh, we need to gather members uh, we have colossal following across many petitions 33 million 
but we need more support and we need uh, particularly to exert our influence upon um, the UK Parliament, the Westminster Parliament, uh, very quickly. And, and we are so grateful for any support you can give us. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for your time and thanks to everyone for listening.